If you could use a mindset tune-up, this episode is for you. I am inviting two friends that I met at a conference last year. Uh, They're just really warm, generous, lovely people and are quite successful, right? In terms of business and what they've built. Now, success isn't always about making money and that kind of thing, right? Uh, We play a different game in education, which is, you know, changing the future to invest in our children, right? And really that's investing in a better future. So I want you to listen with ears. If you have aspirations business-wise, you'll get a lot. But if you're fully committed to education, which is great, there are tips that are meta that you can apply to your practice, right? So for example, when Meryl and Keith are talking about their home life and they have a lot of freedom and you're probably thinking, well, I'm a, you know, nine to five to six to 7 p.m. I'm stuck at school, this kind of stuff. The meta idea is about how do you declutter your space, right? That's one of them, for example, uh, so that you can have focus, have clarity, have energy, right? And motivation and it builds upon each other. So I just, I want to pin that make that little point right there. Um, But again, it's all about mindset. And just to frame up the episode one more time, to grow in mindset, you have to experience hard stuff. So they've been down in the dumps. They've even experienced bankruptcy, right? And how did they bounce back from that, right? So that's, that's, you know, and we'll hear that story. So anyways, glad you're here. Hey, it's Danny, Chief Ruckus Maker over at Better Leaders, Better Schools. I am a principal development and retention expert, best-selling author. I host two of the world's most downloaded podcasts, which you're listening to right now. And this show is for you, a ruckus maker, which means you've made three commitments. You have committed to investing in your continuous growth. You have committed to challenging the status quo. And you've committed to designing the future of school right now. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. With TeachFX, teachers are creating classrooms that are alive with conversation. Their app gives teachers insights into high-level practices like how much student talk happened, which questions got students talking. It's eye-opening for teachers and scales the impact of coaches and principals and ruckus makers. Start your free pilot today at teachfx.com BLBS. Why do students struggle? I'd argue that they lack access to quality instruction, but think about it. That's totally out of their control. What if there was something we could teach kids then? What if there was something within their control that would help them be successful in every class? And it's not a magic pill or a figment of your imagination. When students internalize executive functioning skills, they succeed. Check out the new self-paced online course brought to you by our friends, at Organized Binder that shows teachers how to equip their students with executive functioning skills. You can learn more at organizedbinder.com slash 
go. All right, Ruckus Makers, this is going to be a very interesting show because, well, you're going to see why. I have some experts from outside of education coming to share their brilliance with us. And I think they have a lot to to give, right? If you're open to receiving. And yeah, it's my pleasure to have them both here. Anyways, Meryl Kriegsman is a women's wealth advocate, is dedicated to helping you become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. A former cleaning lady turned self-made millionaire matriarch. She believes that the most powerful thing we can do for our children is become unapologetic female leaders who fearlessly demand what they're worth and get it. Her insights based on helping a thousand plus women step into self-funded wealth have been featured on CBS News, ABC News, and in publications like Forbes, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and Good Housekeeping. Spotted her in the wild on her organic farm in Canada, reading erotic novels in a 1920s lace dress and rubber boots. All right, that's interesting. And she's joined uh, by her wonderful partner, Keith Bolt, today. And Meryl Keith, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. It's always like makes me blush when you read my bio out loud like that, like in front of me. Like, oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I was going to say, you wrote it. You know, I'm just reading it. So I, it. I blush as well. So it's all good. Mystery, man. You know, mystery. Well, you know, I thought that was intentional. I should have double checked. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tell your story too, Keith. And um, there'll be opportunities oh, to fill in the gaps for sure. Hey, I met these two at a really awesome conference put on by my coach in Miami. And, you know, it was cool. And to be honest, I was really introverted and I didn't feel like meeting anybody new. We didn't talk <laughs> during the event, but we shared a beautiful breakfast. And I'm just like, oh, these two are so awesome. And their hearts are very real and authentic. And we had a great connection. And that's how they got here today. So, like I said, this is a really unique opportunity having both of you here. And these two are like mindset, also sort of experts. And But it wasn't always that way, right? When we had our pre-interview, you were talking about you've been broke musicians, right? So Keith, that'll be an opportunity for sure to fill in the blanks. You went, you've gone through bankruptcy, but all that, right, has changed. And maybe, Meryl, you could take us back to a moment when you realized you didn't want to pass on that pattern of scarcity to your children. Yeah. So I grew up seeing a lot of like the very powerful women in my family really struggle to turn their gifts into money, right? And because of that, because of that scarcity and that power imbalance, especially that they had with their partners, uh, a lot of heartbreak, you know, a lot of like seeing them like compromise and tolerate and settle. And so when I found myself in my mid-20s being very pregnant, I did a little bit audit or review of my own life and realized that I was about to pass that on, right? Like that hadn't, that pattern hadn't been broken and hadn't shifted. So it was very mm. painful realization. And it also made me in that moment, like literally vow my hands on my very big overdue tummy that I would put all the love and effort tenacity into this project of, of shifting that so within my right female lineage. And it wasn't just my commitment. It was really 
our commitment. And, and so it's very much a shared journey, right? Mm-hmm. Where we sort of went from, you know, really struggling financially, me riding around on my bike, cleaning houses at like five cent bucks an hour to us then renting out one of our rooms on Airbnb, getting a bench of like, you know, best house, one of the best hosts in our, our little, you know, apartment in Germany where we lived at the time, all the way to building a multi-million dollar net worth over the, over the last seven years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I know the transition couldn't have been easy and one thing I admire about your relationship, there's this great push and pull and, and sharing, you know, that I that I just, I experience, I feel, uh, and I admire that. But anyways, the transition I'm sure was hard. And Keith, you do have a supporting role. Can you talk to us about how you approached, you know, just cultural and gender expectations as you moved into that supportive role? Well, sure. You know, I, growing up, I saw my mom attempt to make so many forays into the business world, usually as, you know, selling Avon or selling Tupperware and things like that. A very energetic and eager to contribute and make money, but never really took off. And I saw her frustration. And I, in my life, I spent 32 years as an opera singer. So that being an artist means you're really committed to what you love to do. And at the end of the day, it's not something, unless you're in that 1% of 1% fraction of people that make millions of dollars and spend 10 right. months of a year on the road, you're not making a lot of money. And at the time when Meryl was pregnant with our first child, I was supporting the family through my income. And it wasn't quite enough. And that's why we started the Airbnb so that we could, mm-hmm. you know, make ends meet. Pay off our debt. And I was working in a wonderful theater in a wonderful city in the middle of Europe. And we couldn't really afford to go on vacation even if we wanted to because there just wasn't enough money. Uh, so it was a soul searching mode for me too, to understand that, that what I was doing was not going to be able to support our family. And it was fine when I was single. But being married and having children was a game changer for me, made me eager to take the step to make more money, to join Merrill and to break these generational chains of scarcity among women in particular. Yeah. And I think, you know, like cultural and gender expectations, right? Where usually it's the way around, right? Like usually it's the woman supporting husband, right? In their business and making ventures. We've always just looked at like, what are we good at? Yeah. You know, as a couple. So instead of going like, oh, this is what a woman is supposed to do, or this is what a man is supposed to do. We always just looked at like, no, well, what are we good at? And not just good at, but what do we enjoy doing? Right? Because it's not like being good at something isn't enough. You need to actually enjoy it. You need to nourish you to some extent. Right. And that's honestly how we, how we divvied things up, right? Which goes far beyond just like what, who does what in the business because we're partners in the business as well. So, you know, to some extent, a supporting role doesn't actually cover what he does. He coaches the shit out of me at that point. It's not like I'm the head honcho and he sort of trailed after me. It's like a very equal partnership 
behind the scenes. And I would say through his like very powerful coaching, I've been able to also go through like very like confidence destroying great events in, in entrepreneurship that happens every once in a while. You launch something, it doesn't take off. You say something, people mm-hmm. don't like it. Right. All the things don't need to explain that to you or any of the listeners, to be honest. Right. Because this is what leaders experience. Right. It's like everything yeah, yeah. feels amplified. And then when it doesn't work and you are sort of like responsible for even attempting to make that change, it can be really hard. So Keith has just incredibly well developed coaching skills from doing a lot of like personal work on himself. Yeah. Like, your 30s and 40s. Yeah. And so, right, that really has like, up until like this morning, right, like that is what supports me behind the scenes. And been, it's been incredibly helpful. And I would say that, you know, if couples listening, right, maybe you need to ask yourself, like, is it, is, if it's important to you to feel like a woman, right, or to feel like a man, can you do that in a way that actually works for you and for you as a couple? Right, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, right? But like, make sure mm-hmm. to position it somewhere in your life where it's not creating unnecessary suffering, right? Where everything becomes harder because you're trying to fit into a very specific sort of dividing of the roles that actually doesn't connect to who you are naturally as people. I appreciate you sharing, you know, some of the ways that uh, behind the scenes, right, Keith is really supporting you and that kind of thing. And yeah, if I pass the mic back to Keith, you know, how, how have you been supported, right? What What are the things that Meryl does that specifically helps you in the role? Meryl is a fabulous listener. And we have this kind of a mutual respect between us where she... I have something to say, she takes it on as important. And when she has something to say, I take it on as important. And it's really very equal. And when it comes to coaching, there's always things that I might say that that may not work. Tell me any coach that, that functions differently. So I think that there's the mutual respect is definitely a huge aspect to it and listening to one another and what we really need. So for me, Meryl is a huge support in that area. And like she said, we did things up in a way that supported both of us. I love working with the figures and the money. And it was just a natural way for me to contribute to the business. I love contracts and I like, I like the nitty gritty things and she's not so good at that. And so that really worked well for us, but it happens to be that's kind of more of a background thing just by default in the business, but a very important aspect of the business. Super. Yeah, super important. And uh, I need to keep on my team, right? Like I I find myself (laughs) doing that. I have some awesome team members and they, you know, I was really bragging on one named Jesse uh, during a workshop the other night because he really supports from behind the scenes operationally. And I should check in. I don't know if he's a numbers guy or not, but the other stuff, just making sure things are running smoothly and I could just show up and teach and serve. Yeah. And it's super helpful. So we need Jesse's, we need Keith's. And the one thing I want to say to the ruckus maker watching or listening to the podcast, you know, we're talking about their relationship right now and setting up the business. We're going to talk about how they set up home life too. If you think we're just talking about that, you're missing the point, right? We're really talking about leading teams, leading people, you know, and there's a lot of great ideas that have been shared, you know, thus far. So I, I just want to, like overemphasize that point in case people miss that. So 
Uh, Meryl, you know, at some point, like you, you're running the business, you got great support, but you found yourself super exhausted. And I know that my ruckus makers feel that way too. This, all of them, number one, but especially the women in leadership, uh, because I just, I know they have so much going on at home as well. And you've got the kids and can you talk a bit about that? Right. And sit back from that utter exhaustion. Because mm-hmm. if there's anything that I see in education right now, it's that people yeah. are tired. People are mm, tired. Yeah. Yes. So I think that sometimes, Keith, just turn on extra lines here. Thank you. Sometimes, like we hit a perfect storm, right? And I don't know if this is like a women specific experience, but right, I had our third, we have three daughters, right? At this point. Started telling a story with our first and now we have three little girls. I gave birth about 10 days before like the official sort of closing of the world around the pandemic, right? So I'm already like in a strange country to some extent. Dutch, right? Born and raised in Holland. I don't have my parents on standby or siblings to sort of create that beautiful sort of village cocoon, right? That one needs and when you have a baby. And then on top of that, we lost our local village as well, right? Isolating. That was also brain, right? That there was a lot of sort of, yeah, how to, I don't even know how, like what exactly how to put my finger on it, but there was like Black Lives Matter. And it was a lot of like sort of revolution in the air. It was a lot of like sort of almost like also like a reckoning, right? For leaders to, to look at like the ethics of it all and who were being as leaders, right? all very good, right? Like really good, but also very intense learning for those who took it on, right? So there was that, there was like the postpartum stage, there was the pandemic, there was all of a sudden like much fiercer standards for leadership that we were all great growing into and trying to understand and learn. On top of that, there was some criticism that I received for, from one or two people in my community and the way that they went about it was very unkind, and very shocking to me. So call it a cancellation attempt of sorts, right? But like, it was just like one layer on top of the other, on top of the other, which then, you know, created what I call like a perfect storm of just, you know, your nervous system almost going into like, like this like response where you're yeah. just great surviving. So what it created was chronic insomnia, which I'm still healing. I'm still in the process of healing that. And we're now like building down some medication that I have to take every evening because otherwise like my body has just sort of forgotten how to rest because I Mm -hmm. couldn't for like a few Mm -hmm. years there. I just couldn't right actually fully let down. So that is, is something that I'm literally having to sort of teach my 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 body helps to do again. And I would say, right, it's not just a physical thing. It's also, it's a spiritual thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a, right, a mental health question. So, so Keith and I have, you know, we've been spending some time in therapy and we do a mm-hmm. lot of healing and very, very conscious about what we do to our bodies and et cetera, right? And so I think this is something that is maybe more, or at least like outwardly, like more like an experience that a lot of women go through. I don't know actually if that's true, right? I think men experience this very equally, but are just expected to get their shit together faster, not outwardly, right? Sort of announce like, hey, I'm struggling mentally, emotionally, 
rate we see. Yeah, grit much, their teeth and push through. We see yep. much higher suicide rates, right, among men, men dying younger, right? Like my dad, for example, had a heart attack a few years mm-hmm. ago, right? He's in the position of leadership. So I think we've all had really hard times and we're all still recovering. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that because I don't know about you, Danny, but every person that I talk to is like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I've had a really hard time or I've had a lot yeah. lost in my family or, yeah. right? And to really keep reminding ourselves of that because it's so easy to just pretend like everything is normal when really we've gone through the major great upheaval as leaders, as couples, as parents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Certainly lost. You know, I lost a cousin recently, so I'm burning candles, you know, all day today, you know, in his honor. And um, yeah, it's tough, you know, unexpected type of thing. But I heard you acknowledge, right? First first step is like saying, okay, this is where I'm at, right? And then you can do something about it. I heard therapy, right? Therapy is helpful. I've done therapy too. So highly recommend that, you know, for ruckus makers. You said uh, being conscious of what you put in your body. So I'm assuming you mean food and other things like that. But any, anything, you know, else, any, any, well, anything else uh, really practical that's helped that yeah, we can yeah. offer? I would say it's also about like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Right. So this means like entering also like masterminds programs, leadership incubators, right? In the case of the people watching, where you have a safe space to discuss those things. Because, you know, everybody is looking to you for leadership, right? Maybe yeah. even in your own home, we need those safe spaces where there's people that understand what we're experiencing and we can let down. Right. And really feel understood and okay. feel listened to. I would add that one. Right. Wow. It's a great point. A lot of leaders of support, right? That they say, uh, this is the only space where I can be poured into almost, right? Or I come in tired and I leave with energy, you know? And that's a beautiful yeah. sort of transition. So I think it's a good place to quickly pause to get some messages in from our sponsors. When we get back, like the big ideas, you know, I want to talk about how you set up home life. Because I know ruckus makers go, 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 always working. And so there's hints and and tips and secrets there in terms of the power you have in taking control of, you know, how you live. A lovely idea that you call exquisite simplicity that feels, that just hits home for me. And I know it'll resonate with the ruckus maker listening. And then we might get into unhelpful stories about money too, because education has a lot of those. (laughs) To be honest, I hear them all the time. All right, cool. Thanks again for being here. So learn how to successfully navigate change, shape your school's success, and empower your teams with Harvard Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Get online professional development that fits your schedule. Courses include leading change, leading school strategy and innovation, leading people, and leading learning. You can apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. You know what student engagement sounds like? Students ask questions, build on each other's ideas. The classroom's alive with conversation. Creating that kind of classroom is much easier said than done, and TeachFX helps teachers make it happen. Their AI provides teachers with insights into high-leverage teaching practices like how much student talk happened, which questions got students talking. And TeachFX is like giving each teacher their own on-demand instructional coach to help them boost student engagement in learning 
as well as their own. It's eye-opening for teachers and scales the impact of each coach and principal. And Ruckus Makers can start a free pilot with your teachers today if you go to teachfx.com slash BLBS. As students progress through their K-12 experience, schoolwork gets harder and more complex. Yet at the same time, students are asked to be more independent in their learning. Young people struggling with executive functioning skills will fall further and further behind. The pandemic, it only made it worse. And the remedy is found in equipping with students with executive functioning skills. Our friends over at Organized Binder have released a new self-paced course that will teach you how to teach these executive functioning skills and set your students up for success. Learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go and set those students up for success. And finally, since I've got you here today, listen, I am putting on a live event in Denver, July 14th through 16th. It's for 50 leaders, 42 are signed up. We have eight tickets left. You can learn more at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Denver 2023 and really take your leadership to the next level. All right. We are back with Meryl Kriegsman and Keith Bolt, and we're talking about so many awesome topics. But right now, we're going to talk about how do you both set up your home life? Because ruckus makers, they might not even feel like it's possible to have a home life, right? And you're all the way here. They're far from that. Some are making a generalization. So I also want to encourage you to think about baby steps, right? To get along the way. But uh, yeah, let's hear about home life for you. How do you reverse the income earning roles? I mean, really, Merrill is the front person for our business. And, and on the outside, on the surface, it looks like she makes all the money, but she actually does. Without her, our business wouldn't run. So my support in the business is not simply just working as a CFO and taking care of contracts and engaging with clients in those matters. It's about supporting the household. And so my role is to also make the meals. And my role is also to ensure that Meryl has a cup of tea and a hot water bottle. It's Canada. Yeah, right. I hear you there. Sometimes it gets cold because it's at the end of the house. And, yeah. and the heat isn't always... It's not always as warm here as it is in the rest of the house. And this is like the best tip we're going to give you all. Like water bottle. <laughs> Hot water bottles are so relaxing. No, just kidding. But I, think that, I think that most guys... My wife loves those, to be honest. So yeah, it is a great tip. <laughs> we learned about that. She knew about them from Zimbabwe, but we used them in Scotland, of course, and Belgium and yeah. Netherlands too. So, But back to you. Sorry. I got excited. Hot water bottles? I could do a show on that. I would I'd, I'd never used them before. I'm, and now you're hooked. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if for me, it's a certain amount of comfortableness, but I mean, I love sure. cooking. So it's a natural for me to the meals and to process food and to have a garden and support family in a way as well. But I get that that's not always possible. I know what the city life is like. I know what country life is like. I lived in the city for more than 30 years. And never had a garden the whole time, except a balcony garden. And so I, I know what it's like to live in a city and to work not or to be, you know, on that nine to five kind of a schedule. And, but I find that with Merrill, we work so well together where I take care of those things in the business that I can handle in background, but she's out front working basically 830 to 430. And 
I'm supporting her and supporting our family in the background all the time. Yeah. One of the things that we do to set up our whole life from my perspective yeah. is I declutter the house like a, it's like my number okay. one priority. Because I know that if that gets out of hand, then everything starts to feel so like like heavy and much and like I can't catch up with it, which then creates that sense yep. of overwhelm, which then spills into like my ability or inability to lead. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, that I actually started doing in and this was already like when we lived in Germany, was just like ruthlessly going through all our things. I don't know if people are familiar with like the Con Marie method or like whatever yeah. method feels sort of yeah, an alignment with. It, it saves us. Like, honestly, like sometimes I feel like, oh, we're like nearing that tipping point where like everything starts to sort of like, just like out of control. And yeah. I will like literally set a couple of evenings aside or a couple of weekends to prune it back to where, you know, with like three kids, like it, it just explodes, right? Like we keep mom who live relatively close to, right? Just like before this interview came in again for a second time this week. With like a whole a bunch, bunch of stuff. stuff. Right, eat it, does, does, it doesn't matter to say stop bringing stuff. You got to get there. Doesn't listen. Doesn't matter. Um, no, my mom doesn't do it because I know you're just going to throw it out. I'm like, oh. I hope she never listens to it. But, my mom know, does listen. So interestingly enough, what I have noticed is that when my space is relatively decluttered, I can focus more. I'm more creative. I have more energy. Yes. And also sort of a sense of like, no, welcome. So I use a lot of also feng shui principles to set the house up for receiving abundance and beautiful, like, you know, visibility, like opportunities and stuff, considering sort of like where baguas are in our house. If you want to read up on that, I would just Google. But for example, behind me here, you can see like the beautiful chair, you know, everything in our use, which is in our prosperity corner, which is like a very welcoming sort of, Please, well, come into our life and great seat yourself with this beautiful chair, these beautiful colors that, you know, there's just some symbolism basically that we use in our house a lot, which then creates like very tangible ways to invite like specific experiences and opportunities. And I don't know if he's mm. humorous here, if he believes in it. Oh, I don't know. I absolutely do. The week, week we took out, this is what he's there, we can ask. Like four years or so, the week we finally took out the island in the kitchen, I think okay. we made $150,000 in that week. Yeah. It was as soon as that island was out of the kitchen, the money started just pouring in. Pouring in. And, yeah. And it was like there was a blockage. There was a blockage of energy and mm-hmm. flow in our life that that island represented, I think. And as soon as it was, as soon as it was gone, like, and right. it wasn't even like money, money we had to work for. No. Like it was like an un- unexpected like cash payout. Like, yeah. Right? And yeah. So like my my number one tip is always like ruthlessly declutter. Yeah. Right? Your kids will so good. Protest, protest. Well, 100% and especially when they grow a little older. You don't, have to, you don't have to believe that it's going to make a difference. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. <laughs> to do it. Um, well, yeah, right. Because listen, if... Okay. If you don't believe in that kind of stuff and it attracting abundance to you and okay, whatever, at the bottom line, you're going to feel good about a clean space, right? So at a very practical, right, yeah. result, like you're going to feel good about yourself that everything's in order. Yeah. And I know for me, I've made it a spiritual practice because I did a seven-day yeah. uh, silent retreat 
And there was walking meditation, sitting meditation, eating, you know, everything's meditation you figure out, but also cleaning. Yeah. And so anyways, just getting the office in order every day, right? Putting things back in their place. So when I show up the next day, I could be focused, right? It's like, it's a really interesting point you're making, Danny. And and I really believe Mm. in it. So one of the things that we decided to do is to actually not have housekeeping support, which we used to have, right? Like at one point, like, wealthy, we have more disposable income and starting to outsource a lot of things, both in the business and at home as well. And then during the pandemic, I was doing right our own cleaning and actually realizing like how deeply therapeutic and spiritual it is. And also like as a really important thing to just show our children, like I am a drill sergeant. I get those girls to do chores and they're not, not grumbled. Like you grumble while you do your chores. Like I'm going to double your chores. Like I really need because I love, we have no interest in like raising a bunch of like super entitled brats, you know? Who yeah, just it's soft. Have it yeah. Throw things around and not have to clean them up. So um, I would say maybe once a quarter, I have a complete meltdown where I'm like yelling at the, at our kids going like, you're driving me crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's my life's horse. Just like leaving everything behind. And you're just like, thinking I will clean it up. And then, you know, they get really scared and then they're like, okay, okay. And then, right, they get back in our bowls. But it's like, it's family affair, you know? It's not just yeah. us that, that do the things. I really, sure. And with kids, right, instill in them, like, yeah, on a Friday or Saturday morning, right, like Friday evening or Saturday morning, our middle one cleans cleans the bathroom and our yeah, whole right. hallway and then our middle one that's the vacuum cleaning. And yeah, so it's really understanding that also yeah, your children can contribute. It's of course not easy, like the amount of energy you've right. been to actually get them to sure, do sure. something. But in the long term, yeah. it all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're planting seeds. Absolutely. Let's talk about the your, your, this concept I love, exquisite simplicity, because I think, I know ruckus makers need more of that in their life. So what does that mean to you? Well, we were talking about this. and Maybe you want to, like elaborate a little bit here, but we haven't gone on any big vacations in the last seven years. That doesn't mean we haven't gone away. It's like, wait, we just haven't, we just haven't, you know, had this feeling of we deserve to take two weeks or three weeks here and there. Mm -hmm. And of course, the pandemic fell in between two, which caused us to look closer to home and maybe Mm -hmm. not get on a plane. And also getting on airplanes was also not, didn't tie it with our philosophy of life so well either. Even though we have mm-hmm. family overseas and we do need to go visit them, we are pretty low key. Frugal. Yeah, I would say like low key and like frugal in a lot of areas and then not frugal in some areas. Like you don't know what, if you want to know what we spend on like food and eating out and stuff, like we're total foodies and, you know, our yeah. and we're just filled with like delicious things. But, you know, it's, for me, some of which we grow ourselves. Some of which we grow ourselves, and right? Frosted yeah. you know, it's a, it's a it's a big cold, like for our French is full of sauerkraut. Uh, yeah, sauerkraut. <laughs> um, but exquisite simplicity, I think, for us is a, is about discernment, right? It's about saying it's yeah, it's, it's really easy to say yes to everything, and then you find yourself right in a bind where. Right, we do this all the time, by the way. It's like we fall for it and then course correct. We fall for it and then course correct. Right. So at one point, like I I think I was like super pregnant and we were 
running this local community choir. We like so reason thought this was the season to start a local community choir where Keith basically wore like 17 different hats, you know, being both the director and the conductor and the person who did all the copying of all the music. all the music and, and copied all. Curated all, like never ending. Ordered all the music. Yeah. And, you know, and we were running the business and we were building, we're really regenerating the land that we live on, that we steward. We live on 60 acres. We decided to, to go organic, right? So working with different farmer, all these things, like we say yes to so many things. And sometimes we're like, what were we thinking? You know, and I think what's really important also for, you know, the ruckus makers listening is that, you know, you forgive yourself. You shift back into like, let's throw everything on a pile. I, I just want to say to the add to that though, too, that there are some things that are really important to us and whether... Sure. Living on and, we live on 160 acres, which is called a quarter of a section in this part of the world. And that's not a lot of land in this part of the world. It is a lot of land in the grand scheme of things. We decided that it was our responsibility to care for this property so that those that come after us can still use it. That right. we leave better condition than we found it. And going out of our way to make decisions, and some of them have cost us money, but in in the short term, it's not just about money either, but it's about caring for the land and caring yeah. for. And if we can't care for people in our own community, care for the land on which we live, how can we care for the broader world? How, how, sure. can, we, how can we vision for caring people in another country, let alone on the other side of the world? Yeah. So, yeah, three ideas that really resonate, like caring for people really matters, having a, you know, multi-generational sort of goals, right? So there's some short-term expenses or losses or whatever, but for a greater good, you know, in the future. And I think too, when we we're talking about this idea of exquisite simplicity, aren't we really talking about decluttering the mind, right? Decluttering uh, choices. So there's yeah. things that you love. So we're going to protect that and the rest, right? We're going to, Learn to say no to, which is hard. So I want to get to um, this, you know, idea of unhelpful stories about money. Cause like, you know, you've both have done so well. And uh, I hear this sometimes I I meet a school leader that, oh, wow, I'd love to support. I'd love to support this one. Right. And I know the transformation and value, right. And how they're going to grow and change with our mentorship and coaching. And then the words appear, right? Well, that costs too much or yeah, we don't, you know, we're in education, we don't have it. So I'm just, I'm curious, like, what would you say to somebody like that in the moment or how do you counter these unhelpful stories about money? Well, money makes the world go around. Without money, we can't make a difference. It's, well, it's, you can make a difference without money. I shouldn't say that, but your impact is directly related to how much money you have, without a doubt. And that's not to say that we can't make a difference today, no matter how much money we have. We're uh, Personally, we're on a mission to, to make money so that we can help others as well as help ourselves, so that we don't have to be a drain on the system, and so that we can help others who might think they are, or might even be, they can stop that tendency and end on themselves. What do you want to add to that? Well, you know, like, this is a very also like personal question, right? This is about mm. what like goes on in our heads. And 
Well, I would say a few things, actually. I would say if you really don't have the money, like, don't do it, right? But then ask yourself, what kind of habits can I instill in my life? What does that even yeah. look like for me to then get to a point where, you know, you do have the money, you can save up for it, right? So when I think mm-hmm. of one of the, the key difference for me and Keith was learning to take exquisite care of our finances, right? So we use an app called YNAB. You need a budget, budget for mm-hmm. everything, right? So we're not just, okay, now we have money. Now we can just like spend whatever. It's a constant sort of referring back to like, Keith, what do we have in, in that like an envelope system, right? Basically. Yeah, that bucket. Mm-hmm. You only need one bank account. You don't need to. Yeah, exactly. So it's really organized. And and this is what I highly recommend for everyone, right? Especially if there's unhelpful stories, right? The question is, is it an unhelpful story or is it a valid concern, right? Chances are that it's valid concern in that case, right? Mm-hmm. Learning about finance, start understanding how money works, how to take care of it. Because chances are very big that you could afford it if you made space for it. If you rate, like, for example, like us, we have always prioritized like really high quality mentorship in different areas of our life over right, going on luxurious vacation, our children while they're young, right? And that's not to say that every one of those mentorships have worked out. Yes. We've learned something definitely from every one of them. Yeah. But they've not all worked out in the way that we wanted them to. But that's okay too. Because we went into that situation with our eyes wide open. Yeah. And then, right, if you do take exquisite care of your finances, you can also trust yourself to then have that happen, right? And not have it completely real your financial future, right? It's very often the concern about what if this doesn't work out? Will I A, be able to forgive myself? And B, will I be able to financially bounce back? So, right, that's sort of taking care in this very practical world, just taking really good care of your finances. And then when it comes to, our stories are very often around, right, am I actually equipped to, to run with, you know, in this case, what Danny's going to tell me, what he's going to teach me, what he's going to show me. Am I a worthy recipient, right, of, of this wisdom at this time in my life, right? And again, that Part of that is like, how do you set up your home life? You actually have like the spaciousness, right? right? To like, you know, too, Danny, like when you just go into therapy, for example, there's a period of time where you feel more of a mess before you start feeling less of a mess, right? Mm-hmm. It might be around like emotional capacity, right? But if that is the concern, if you put your finger on this, right? And you ask yourself, what about this investment feels world scary? Right. And you have clear answers and you can come up with clear solutions because the bottom line is that investing in yourself is the quickest way, right? For you to get to where you are right now to where you want to be, like out of doubt, right? I personally invested half of what I made the first year in my business. Mm. And yeah, I probably should have kept some of that for taxes. We were in Germany at that time and I didn't realize how high taxes were, ridiculous amount. And so I spend, I made $25,000 that first year of business. I spent 12500 on joining a mastermind, which honestly like catapulted me straight to 180000 that second year, half a million right. the third year, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And just, I just kept investing in understanding, right? What does a good leader make? What does it look like for me to step into higher levels of confidence around money? And those are things that are 
that require like like that intimacy and that access to the people who've done it, right? And you are one of those people in your space. So people can save themselves a huge amount of unnecessary suffering of, you know, struggling and attempting to get there themselves, right? You represent that, that sort of like, I don't want to say shortcut because, you know, what you teach has no, some depth. Like, yeah. Something a lot. It's a, like, it's a like accelerator home. or... Yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, now I don't want to get into like, you know, Einstein and all this kind of stuff, but the, there are things you can leverage, right? Yeah. That help exactly. you grow. And that's great. 25 to 180K in terms of business, right? That's how we measure success. One way is through revenue generated, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, principles, reactive to proactive. Is that something you want? Probably. How many of you are going in, going into a school where like just, you know, lacks energy and enthusiasm to becoming a top employer because our leaders have created top employers. Employer, not just like top school, it's the top employer in the community, right? Yeah, uh, we exactly. already talked about wiped out to energetics. So there's so many transformations. So, I really appreciate that. Teachers play, so, teachers play such an important role. And having been an opera singer, I'm a pet. I always sought out the best teachers. You can't spend a month or a week without a teacher, always have a teacher. I spent seven years in the university system after my high school degree and a diploma and got two degrees and then continued to study and study, but always seeking out the best people. And I know for a fact, if I didn't study, I wouldn't have gotten to where I was. And that was always so very important, just finding the right people. So I, I'd say... Awesome. I, I applaud those who take that step and say, hey. Because this is your last sure. work, you know? Your this is work. your last work. Yeah. Well, hey, I want the Ruckus Maker to know we're going to link up your, Meryl, your uh, Instagram page, right? That's a great one. That'll be extremely encouraging for folks to check out and follow you. And then I think there's a secret podcast too that you're able to offer Ruckus Makers that you usually charge $97 for. It's, from what I understand, you know, focused on mindset. And so we'll have a link in our show notes on how to get hooked up with that. But let's get to the last questions I ask all my guests, okay? And so, uh, Meryl Keith, this is like a lightning round. So don't explain, but just tell me the message, okay? If you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for one day, what would your message be? You want to go first? We like we obsessed over the question yeah. like a couple months ago. There's <laughs> no wrong answers. Explanation. No explanation. Yeah. Honestly, I think in alignment with what we stand for, like learn yeah. about money, learn to understand mm. money. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, because that makes such a difference. I'm, I'm like I'll dip it with the explanation, but like we wish if we would have received more of the financial education. Um, sure. Greatly entering the world as young adults because they can yeah. so learn about money. Education is, actually, I say, invaluable. Find mm-hmm. find the right teacher, find the right teachers, and go for it. Right. Find what's missing to fill that gap. You'll always yeah. you you'll get much farther ahead if you have help. How about building your dreams school instead of three guiding principles? Since there's two of you, let's just do two. But if you weren't constrained, right, by resources, your only limitation was your imagination, 
Like Meryl, what would be your guiding principle for that school? And Keith, what would be your guiding principle? Actually, like we talk about this so often that I think I can speak for both of us, that it would be a multi-generational concept where we actually play our elders with our children, right? And then have the current sort of adult layer be, right? The teachers and instructors, but also teach people to care, right? For our elders. To, and to draw right, the knowledge. To be open, yeah, to receiving. We're picturing like this beautiful, like complex where there's like great elderly people living and there's like a school there and uh, it has like gardening and farming included as well. I went to the Waldorf school growing up and I think that combined with the fact that Keith is a farm boy, right? He grew up with both feet on the ground and in learning about, yeah, in the ground, in the mud. It just created for us like such a deep appreciation for uh, like a more holistic approach and uh, a way of doing school that teaches children about real life skills, you know, on top of the side partnered with also the academic approach. Right. Got it. Well, hey, we covered a lot of ground today. So of everything we discussed, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? Count your pennies. The only way anybody is going to get ahead is if they know exactly to the cent how much money they spend in a given month. And then you can make a budget. You can't make budget before then. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I would add, like, if you go through that process and... You go like, I don't like what I see, right? This is really hard for me to look at. I don't, I'm, I'm not enjoying the truth as looking back at me from a screen mm. or a piece of paper. It's to have infinite compassion with yourself in that moment, right? I, I often say to my own clients and children as well, you know, we're just going to crack open a can of instant forgiveness right now. We're going to pour it all over ourselves. It's like this literary shiny substance and we're just going to say we're going to forgive ourselves right now right there is no like reckoning happening in this moment there's only infinite compassion then ask yourself like what life changes do i need to make to start shifting this even like maybe a little bit between now and Mm. right three days thanks for listening to the better leaders better schools podcast ruckus maker If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.